Hello, everybody. Welcome to In Darkness, The Light Still Shines. I'm Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. And I'm Jessica Hossman. I'm a Senior Director here at the Topeka Rescue Mission. We're very fortunate today to have a, a fantastic guest on the program. That is our City Manager, Brent Trout. And uh, Brent, thank you for coming and joining us with yes, us today. I uh, really appreciate you. You're a busy guy. Uh, you're on TV all the time, so uh, you're really used to cameras. And, uh, and you've been in Topeka how long now? Well, I've been in Topeka almost two years now. Two years. Yes. Tell us a little bit about where you came from and why Topeka. Well, I came from Iowa. I spent the first uh, 26, seven years of my career in city management up in Iowa. And that's because I went to school at Drake University and earned my first job there. And so stayed there for a long time. Um, but uh, after a recent marriage, uh, decided that uh, it was time to look around outside of Iowa. I was ready for a change. I'd been in my last city for 10 years, and so I was ready to move and look around. Well, it just so happens Topeka job came open. Um, I grew up in Blue Springs, Missouri, about an hour and a half from here, and mm -hmm. so the idea of coming back into the Kansas City metro area was very appealing to me, and uh, being a capital city and some of the, the things that happen in a capital city and a much larger city. The last city I was in was 28,000, so to come here to 127,000 was going to be a big challenge. I didn't know that I would be successful in being hired for the position, but I thought this is someplace I'd really like to be. I saw what was going on in this community and the things that they were working on and decided, you know, I want to be a part of that. And so I went for it, and lo and behold, I got hired. What are some of those things that you saw that attracted you to Topeka? Well, I saw efforts uh, similar to what we were dealing with in Mason City. They'd done the effort to revitalize downtown. Um, that that was beginning to move forward and see some fruits already uh, with the hotel was, uh, you know, underway at that point. Um, I saw the changes that were going on with our Momentum 2022 effort. Mm -hmm. um, we were in the middle of that same process back in Mason City, and I knew what fruits that was going to eventually see, and we were further along here in Topeka and could see it having an impact. I also saw uh, a lot of programs and efforts that were going on in the community, and I felt that uh, I could make a difference with regards to trying to move our city forward um, as a partner to the other organizations that were trying to do good things in our community. And so that, for me, was uh, a lot of the driving force. So Momentum 2022, some of us know what that is. Uh, maybe some people don't. Uh, explain that just a little bit. Well, it's titled as a holistic economic development approach. And what that means is we've got it attack all sectors of our community. And that uh, deals with education, it deals with uh, creating job, creating entrepreneur spirit so that new jobs or new businesses can be created. It's about making sure that we include everyone along the way and that everybody has an opportunity. And, and it goes also to making sure that we have the right things in place to encourage growth. And so that is very complex, mm -hmm. but uh, if you do it right, it can have dramatic effects for the long term. So those effects the, for the long term could be what? Well, I think primarily it's providing a job for everyone that wants a job, uh, and then hopefully then providing the education and training that's necessary for those people that want that job to be able to get that, which included things like our Washburn Tech East, which is a very good program uh, that we're working with Freshman University to be able to train people in technical skills for them to be able to get a, a well-paying job that allows them to become self-sufficient and looking at affordable housing and what opportunities we have there. That's an important part of what we need to do as well. 
uh, improving the image of our community. We've worked hard with our code enforcement mm -hmm. to improve the looks of our buildings and take care of weeds and uh, junk and rubbish in people's yards, fix up their homes, do those kind of things. And so those types of uh, holistic approach that it really is across all sectors of the city, both private and public, in order to be able to be successful. So you mentioned Washburn Tech East. Uh, we have a technical school on the west side yeah. uh, that has been very successful, um, helped many, many people get jobs. What was the importance of moving something on the east side? Well, the east side, uh, <clears throat> most of the time when we deal with uh, people it's in a area that we have identified as a, an at-risk neighborhood mm -hmm. um, and many neighborhoods around that particular area on the east side are at risk and in need of additional help and uh, for individuals there and having uh, it in their neighborhood eliminates uh, usually a common barrier for going on to school is transportation mm -hmm. the idea that you have to ride a bus uh, 35 minutes across town to go to school uh, now it's a it could even be a five-minute walk for some people rather than a bus ride and taking that expense out of their hands and, and making it possible for them to go and get their GED or to get a specific skill uh, that is readily needed within a community, truck driving or other types of uh, technical skills that people uh, could go and get a good job. There's kind of a complex uh, subject that I'm sure is a a lot of communities face, and that is you have your areas of the community that are flourishing in those areas that are not. And um, in Topeka, it's been for a long time, it's been the west side has been the stronger economic uh, place to be, to work, to live, and the east side, not so much. You've seen a, a bridging of that. You've seen uh, a reaching across uh, the line, so to speak, uh, since you've been here. What, what, are, what are you hearing? What does that mean in regards to people who felt maybe disenfranchised from the community? Well, I think they feel like we're not going to turn our back on them. And I think that's something that uh, for the longest time is something they felt. Um, we're seeing some new businesses open, restaurants mm -hmm. and different things on the east side. Um, even heard recently there's a new coffee shop that's going to open at 29th in California. That mm. It's an area of the city that doesn't have a gathering place like that. I do a, a mobile office every quarter and my turn is now to go over to the east side and I'm having trouble finding a location where I can sit down and right. visit with people and we're actually going to go to Dylan's just because the coffee shop's not going to be open but the next time my intent is, will be to go to that coffee shop in that gathering place and those small businesses and looking at incentives that we can offer for that part of the community so that people that have an interest in investing on the east side are going to need some help. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the small business group that is at Greater Topeka Partnership is working hard. The East Topeka Council is working hard at trying to make sure that opportunities are there so that individuals can start businesses. And those small businesses could be creating a job for someone in that neighborhood that doesn't have one right now uh, and needs some help. And that's an opportunity that they might not otherwise have. Inclusion is a popular word. We need to include everybody mm -hmm. in a community to be a healthier community. It, it's popular. It, it sounds good, but it's a little more complicated than just saying you're going to do it. Uh, I think that's what we've seen as some steps in regards to inclusiveness of uh, east and west, north and south in the community. Um, it's been something that's been talked about for a long time. We're finally seeing some things begin to happen in that regard. 
when we talk about inclusiveness and as city manager, you, I mean, you're, you've got a lot of moving parts, <laughs> not just operating police department, fire department, public right. works and those kind of things, but it's actually seeing how this community can come together. You work with the chamber, go to speak everybody. You also work with the nonprofits, you work mm-hmm. with the churches, everybody in the community. It's not just fixing potholes, right? Right. Uh, although some people wish that's all you did, right? Right. <laughs> they would like it fixed in their neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's big. It, Every community, large and small in the United States today, is seeing an unprecedented growth of homelessness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We uh, have talked about on this program called the West Coast Crisis. Uh, We went out to California here a while ago, and we're meeting with other rescue mission leadership uh, from around the country, North America actually, and it's just simply growing and growing and growing. And we've seen something similar here in Topeka as well. So we're talking about inclusiveness. Um, Tell us about the homeless and your perspective. What does that mean? Well, I think for, for me, the homeless means trying to figure out what what put the person in a position that they became homeless. And, you know, for me, I want to make sure that if it's something that was a temporary setback, that that individual is getting the help that they need um, so that they can get back on their feet. Um, some A lot of times people are living paycheck to paycheck and then that job goes away and then they lose it all and have to start over. And and I, I know from times that I've volunteered here at the mission and talking to people that that's the, sometimes the case where they had a small setback, either with the law or with the lost job, and that set them back. But they don't tend to stay there. They tend to move on. Now, that isn't everyone. And that then begins to, for us as a city, we need to put more resources out there to be able to reach out and figure out what's really going on. Um, with our behavioral health unit and the crisis intervention team, we're able to help uh, reach out to some of those folks that are in camps or other areas and find out what's going on with them and make sure that we're connecting them with the other resources that are available to them, especially when it comes to mental health issues, uh, substance abuse issues. Uh, if we can help them with that, then there's a chance that they can maybe go back into society and go back to a normal life. Um, you know, obviously there may not be everyone that wants that. And then we may have to figure out how we handle the fact that there are some that the rest of the life they want to live in their tent. They're just fed up with the world and they can't deal with the world and that's where they want to be. I don't think that's most people, but I know mm-hmm. that's possible. And then we have to, so we have to provide um, a safe place for them also. And so that's what I think inclusiveness involves, figuring out where each of those people are in that spectrum of life of why they've become homeless and why they uh, are homeless and then figure out what's the next step in order to be able to help them move on if they want to. And uh, uh, that's why, for example, the city, we found that a barrier was not having an ID. Mm-hmm. And we're able to, that a lot of these individuals have had a little bit of an issue with the law at some time. Their fingerprints are online. We know who they are. Mm-hmm. We can verify who they are. So we've given them a city ID. And then that city ID won't get you much. You can't drive a car if you have it. Mm-hmm. Can't do other types of things that a normal uh, state driver's license or ID would provide you. But what oftentimes it ends up doing is providing them a way to then next go and get a social security card mm-hmm. uh, because the social security is able to verify who they are. And so that provides them all of a sudden now they've got a benefit that's been sitting there for them that they couldn't access. Now they can access it. Now they have funding. Now they can then go talk to the Topeka Housing Authority about a room, getting into their list, getting into their queue for public housing if they're ready for that step. And so little things like that, figuring out how do we give them a hand up in order to 
get into society. I, I think if that's they a brilliant, to. brilliant idea that came up. I think it's Sergeant Josh Clam here yes. at SICA Police Department. He was the He's impetus with our for that. Reach, uh, outreaches of Topeka Rescue Mission Vallejo. Um, I don't know where he got that idea, but it's one of the most brilliant ideas that I've ever seen to actually reach people right where they are and get that process of identification begun. And we've had some other communities recently reach out to us to understand what our program is. Um, some people thought that we might have some liability for providing ID, but the process that we use, we know mm -hmm. that when we give that person that idea that they are who they say they are. And uh, also know it, it won't buy you a cup of coffee. It's really, you know, it's just that opportunity for the next step. Well, and also <clears throat> it's the police department, which some individuals who are unsheltered or in the shelter don't always look at as safe. Uh, they think they're going to get arrested. They think that they're going to find drugs on them or whatever the case might be. And actually what we see in addition to protecting the community is the police department reaching out in a very practical way to help people to better their lives. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's what's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we just had a recent uh, experience a couple of Fridays ago with an outdoor, uh, what they call block party, mm -hmm. uh, where a number of entities came together to work with this growing homeless camp that we've had uh, here just east of the Kansas Avenue Bridge. And uh, with law enforcement officers going in, uh, we told everybody on the front end, nobody's going to get arrested here unless you do something really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not coming in to bust everybody. It's not a trap. It's none of those things. And we actually were able to see law enforcement officers sitting down having hot dogs and hamburgers with people who are unsheltered. It was huge uh, for the unsheltered homeless. And, and I think that's one of the progressive things is. that is going on in this community. We're going to take a break and come right back. We're talking uh, with City Manager Brent Trout in regards to uh, his role as City Manager, what's going on in the community. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the homeless issue and what we can do together to help those who are in great need. We'll be right back. This production is hosted by Topeka Rescue Mission Ministries, bringing help and hope through faith with its sleeves rolled up. If you would like to support Topeka Rescue Mission Ministries, text TRM Give to 77977 and start giving today. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking with City Manager Brent Trout in regards to his role here in Topeka as City Manager and more specifically, uh, what we're doing in regards to reaching those who are disenfranchised, the homeless that Topeka Rescue Mission works with here in the community. Um, tell us a little bit about the paramedicine um, coming together, what, what that means in this vehicle that uh, the police chief and the fire chief came up with. Well, it was an interesting proposal that they brought to me. Um, wasn't sure if it was really in our area of expertise and whether it was something that a city should provide. But after meeting with them and having discussions, really realized that it was truly the outreach step that we needed to take in order to address what com what is common issue, which is a lot of times healthcare is not available for individuals that are in a homeless or a bad situation. Um, so what we did is we went out and purchased an old ambulance for uh, through a grant process that we received a grant from Sermon Vale and and. Uh, uh, some other individuals and uh, so what we do is we pair up an EMT and a person from the uh, police department that's in the behavioral health unit counselors and we go out into the areas where the homeless are and help them in whatever way we can um, it might be looking at say they've got a rash that's going on and see how maybe there's something that we can give them that will allow them a little more comfort and mm -hmm. to help that go away um, the idea is is it's a way for us to start up a dialogue Oftentimes, there's simple little things we're doing. We're not doctors. Our guys are 
performing basic first aid, but it can make their life a little better. And then a lot of times it's really an opportunity for us to begin a dialogue with those individuals, figure out a little more about what's going on with them and what type of needs they may have. And that is, is priceless. That is something also where we can show that uh, it's a way to show we care about mm -hmm. what their condition might be and that we want to see it improve. And so that's been uh, the neat part about the new program. So part of the genius of that is that it's not just the city going out. Uh, it is a city operation that you have Vallejo mm -hmm. involved with the mental health services, Topeka Rescue Mission with the Street Reach Program and others. Uh, just uh, everybody can be in that kind of one-stop shop instead yep. of saying, hey, y'all come out of your homeless camp, come over here and we'll help you on our terms. We go to them on their terms, right. which is, is very comforting for them. Isn't that something else that's also used to break that stigma that a lot of times people <laughs> who are experiencing homelessness, experiencing a crisis of another kind, not only is there a negative stigma that they have towards law enforcement, um, but they also have it towards mental health professionals. They also have it towards medical professionals because the common fear is they're going to take my kids, if mm. it's a parent, anybody that's got a badge of any kind, mm -hmm. anybody that has a title of any kind, um, they're going to try and get into my business, they're going to try and force me into medications and all these different things. And so taking the steps to have those conversations, build those relationships without really any strings attached them receiving care and having a need met, like you mentioned, a, a rash, looking at something, it's not contingent upon them getting a psych assessment through Vallejo. Right. You guys are going out and saying, here we are. And that helps just bring a level of calm and it leads to the eventual acceptance of the bigger picture of services that our community has to offer. I agree. I think, you know, there are, I think what we'll find as time goes on is that it may not be the first or second visit that really opens mm -hmm. the, the doors for the possibility of doing mm -hmm. something major for them to assist mm -hmm. them in the next step in their life. But it, it very well could end up at a fourth visit. Mm -hmm. They're like, uh, you're a pretty good person. Here's a little more of what's going on right. in my life. And uh, here I have this family here and this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe a potential way that we can help right. them uh, to get over whatever they're dealing with. Absolutely. Your city manager, you're in charge of systems. You got to make sure systems are working well. Yes. If they don't, we don't get our fires put out. We don't get bad people put in jail. We don't get uh, water to our house, whatever the case might be. So how do you personally go from systems management to the heart of what the city needs? Well, I think, um, it, I think it just goes back to my moral compass that I've had for a long time in my life. Um, both from my military experience and then also from growing up, um, just feel like when we have an opportunity to help people, we need to. And so if I can provide that to someone, it's what I do. It's, you know, when I first started looking at being a city, getting into government, I looked at the possibility I wanted to go be a congressional aide and help a congressman work on national bills and so mm -hmm. forth. And the more and more I learned as I started in through my my uh, college career that I had the opportunity to be more successful helping someone by being at the local level, mm -hmm. by being a city manager, working on a program that maybe helps someone such as the paramedicine, you know, you're going to end up changing a lot more people's lives and you're going to do that on a consistent basis, month in and month out. Uh, if I go to Congress, I might get one really special bill passed that helps a lot of people. 
but it might be one bill a year or one bill every five years that I'm able to help on. And for me, it didn't seem like the right path uh, to really be able to make a difference in individual lives. So what I'm hearing is this isn't about a career. This is about a mission. You're right. I, I definitely feel that way. It's not something that's new and it's not something you're telling me that it is the way I felt. And I felt that way in every city that I've worked in. This is the fifth city that I've been a city manager in. And every every place that I go, I've tried to make it better. Um, wrote grants in a small town of 3,700 for them to get a combined Head Start and Child Care Center that they didn't have. And uh, a lot of people didn't have a place for them to be able to go to childcare or preschool. And to have Head Start and preschool together in the same building removes that stigma of those people that have or don't have. And then was able to do it one step further in the next city that I went to, Boone. They had already had the grant accepted, but I worked on making sure that a new building that had both those two components, both preschool and Head Start, but also added adult daycare. You know, those individuals that have to deal with parents that aren't able to take care of themselves and be able to have a place that they could go. Mm -hmm. So we worked in a partnership with the hospital to be able to create that component as well. And, and there's other stories in other cities. And each one of those are places that I go in order to try and make a difference in what I do. And so this definitely has been one of those missions that I've accepted once coming here. I appreciate that as part of the all-inclusiveness that the city is looking at is that you're not just looking at the adult population, um, you're including kids in this equation as well. I know that one of the original goals through Momentum 22 was kindergarten readiness and taking a look at our city in terms of early child, um, ed early education for our children. And we see so many times at the Topeka Rescue Mission. So we have over 2,000 people a year coming through the doors for shelter. And so many of those thousands of individuals have crises and trauma tied back down to those first three, first five years of life. And they didn't have supports at that point in time. But had there been intervention that took place at that stage of their life, we really believe, and there's been scientific studies that have um, proved this, that they would have had a greater chance towards success and not going down that road of homelessness or even mental illness and some of the physical health um, challenges that people experience. And so I really appreciate you're talking about things that you've done in other cities with the Head Starts and the preschools. And I'm just really grateful that that's being uh, that's a priority for Topeka as well, because as more research emerges in that field, there is a direct tie between the type of intervention that our young kids are receiving and what their lives look like 15 years later. Mm -hmm. And so your vision isn't just one for let's see what we can do to fix and make the city better today, but let's look and see what we can do long term to have this city thrive, not just yes. now, but even when um, God moves me on to another mission in another city, that this city is still thriving and moving mm -hmm. forward and, and what God has for it. And I yeah. appreciate that you're a man of faith that isn't just doing um, what seems like a good idea. It sounds like, as Barry mentioned, this is a mission. Yeah. And I and I trust that part of that mission is, is seeking the Lord. And I think our city is very blessed uh, to have you in leadership. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Just in closing, um, again, I go back to the systems thing. You know, we're, we're in charge of systems here. We got a little tiny city called Topeka Rescue Mission mm -hmm. here within the city. And so we have to keep all the moving parts going. You have this every single day. 
uh, where you have this immense responsibility, but the mission that you're on, the mission that you believe to make a difference is, is what is shining through uh, in our conversation today. And we see that in the tangible results. So there's going to be somebody listening to this or watching this today that is maybe one of those individuals that feels disenfranchised. Um, they feel like the city or the people within the city are on the other side of the river from where they are. Maybe literally in some cases, they could be homeless, they could be just struggling in life. Uh, they're in darkness right now. What would you say is the light? What is the hope that you could say to encourage somebody who is watching or listening today? Well, I think I would say is that there are people that want to help you. That we don't want to see you in the position that you're in forever. If you want to get out of that position, that there are people that and programs that are out there to help you to get there. Um, we want to see you succeed. We want to see you have the life that you want. And if that means getting involved with some type of program, either through the mission or other programs within the city to help with mental health, um, we want to make sure that we lead you and provide you that opportunity to reach out. And so we hope that you will reach out, that you talk to someone that um, can point you in that direction. That's part of the reason that we train every one of our police officers with 40 hours of behavioral health mm -hmm. and, uh, training. We want to make sure that they're trained because they never, well, I never know when one of my police officers is going to end up having an, an interaction with someone that needs help. Mm -hmm. And we would rather have them get help than end up incarcerated or other types of issues. And so that's, that's the most important thing is to, to try and ask, reach out and ask for help. I've said this to you before, privately, I say to you publicly, um, I've worked with the city for many years. I've never seen it work as well with the rescue mission in the city as it is now. You have great leadership. You have great people all the way to the front lines of everything that's being done. And I really think what you just said is not just words. I think it is actually action. Um, when we have the kind of outreaches that are going on with city personnel, with the heart of where this city is going, there really is hope for people who might be experiencing a lot of struggling right now, which we call darkness or they call darkness, to know that there is hope and there is light on the way. So city manager, Brent Trout, thank you for joining you're us here. Now. Thank you for everything you're I doing. I appreciate the opportunity. We appreciate you and thanks for joining with us. You've heard uh, from our city manager, uh, if you're struggling, uh, there is help, um, reach out. Uh, there is a city that is growing with compassion, is growing with resources, and wants to be there to include you, to be a part of your story right now, but someone else's story to help someone in the future. So thank you for joining us and in darkness, the light still shines. We'll see you next week. Thank you to Furniture Mall of Kansas for sponsoring the In Darkness, A Light Still Shines video podcast. We appreciate your support. Dear Lord, when I look at my life, help me to move beyond the soil and stains to see the treasures that are buried deep within. May I see the gold not only in myself, but also in others I meet. Use my life to display the worth of your splendor that you desire to shine forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. Our goal is to inspire, inform, and equip you to engage in the community around you. Join us next week for another episode of In Darkness, A Light Still Shines.